Welcome to another inspirational My Church podcast. We hope this message will bless and encourage you. To find out more about My Church, visit mychurchcanada.com. I want to speak this morning um, a message that I have titled Breaking Through. Breaking through. Uh, we had a, a banner over our house um, in, our, in, in Montreal this year, and it was the year of bold breakthrough that 2019 would feel like the year of bold breakthrough. But I think when you begin to prophesy these kind of words over people, it often gets worse before it gets better. Do you agree? Breakthrough means there's something to break through from or into. And so we are. Um, kind of walking out these last uh, few weeks of a decade. Can you believe it's a decade that we are ending and we are on the threshold of a brand new decade? And it does feel um, significant. It feels real. It doesn't feel like just a date and a time and a number. And even if it did, and it didn't have that super cool 2020 attached to it that just sounds better than 2019. But anyway, but even if it didn't have that, you got to understand that God was always into times and dates and places. And he always, like heaven recorded often on the fourth day of the sixth month. And, you know, and so like dates matter and matter to heaven and matter to those of us on earth. And so I'm just going to encourage you to cross the threshold into a brand new decade with an expectation that God is just, just getting started with what he wants to do in and through your life and in and through your influence and in and through this house across this nation. And so I want to speak about um, breakthrough this morning. And I want to look at the story that we kind of find our dates and times in now that we're celebrating um, really this time in history. And I want to look at the, the, um, what those cute kids talked about, like, what? She's having a baby? <laughs> and so I want to talk about um, what that whole passage of Scripture would have meant in context of the day and age that it was prophesied, um, really about the coming Jesus, and then it happened. So we're going to find ourselves in Luke, if, and the Scriptures will be up on the screen, or if you've got version, you can download a free Bible app, lots of different translations on there. And in Luke 1, it says, In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to the Galilean village of Nazareth to a virgin engaged to be married to a man descended from David. His name was Joseph, and the virgin's name was Mary. Upon entering, Gabriel greeted her. Good morning. This is in the message paraphrase. Good morning. You're beautiful with God's beauty. Beautiful inside and out. And he came to her, another translation says, and said, Hail, O favored one, endured with grace. The Lord is with you. Blessed, favored of God are you. Lord, over the scripture this morning, I pray that you would have your way as we read your word, that it would be your word, not my words, that infiltrate into the depths of our heart and break through that we would in new measures of faith walk into this new decade understanding that this same miracle that happened to Mary continues to happen in and through our lives constantly in Jesus' name. I want to just bring a few thoughts around this scripture. Is this okay this morning? 
The first one I want to declare over your life, and maybe you want to consider these areas where you're believing for breakthrough, where you've got right now, even as I say the word, you've got a dream in your heart, a desire, a need, a what? A desperate situation. And I want to say to you this morning, just declare over those situations this promise of breakthrough. And the first thing I want to declare over our breakthrough is that breakthrough is all grace. Breakthrough is all grace. It's so easy, I've found with this word breakthrough, to feel like if you're not careful, you move into a striving. And you move into an effort because you think breaking through needs to happen when you just put more energy into it. And I've been counting down these 40 days. I'm writing a blog right now just about this bold kind of revelation. And even the word bold, it could feel like it's all effort and all, all just striving and all just your own strength. And I've been trying to just communicate that really it feels more less like this effort and this striving and more just like a convicted step by step by step, strong and sure, just one step at a time with a rhythm and a cadence to it that doesn't come from striving. I have got back into running lately. I decided this winter was not going to keep me from being outdoors, and I hate skiing. So I needed to find something else to do outside. And the only thing that can keep me warm outside is that. And so I've begun that again and, um, and just like kind of appreciating the different, um, you know, <laughs> weather conditions that go with trying to stay outside. And there's a pace that is required and a, they call it a cadence with running and a, a kind of way and a rhythm that you need to get into that doesn't mean you overstride. Because when you begin to overstride, you begin to hurt parts of your body because you're putting effort into the wrong places. And I just want to declare again over your life, maybe breakthrough is just a pause, receive, identify where actually you're just putting effort into the wrong parts of your life. Just receive again. Mary just received. It was like the first thing the angel needed to say is this is all grace. This is all favor. You have not done anything to earn the privilege and honor of birthing the Savior of the world. There was nothing she had done. And that's what grace is. It's all poured out upon us. You know, I feel like in Montreal, I feel like in these Catholic kind of environments, and I don't mean to offend those of you that might continue to profess Catholicism, but I'm telling you, I feel like Mary would just be rolling over in heaven at like how embarrassed she is that the half this world wants to worship her for being awesome. She kept saying, this is not about me. This is not about, don't honor me. Don't worship me. This is all grace. This is all grace. I, I ask that you would consider mornings waking up, just receiving again this revelation very strong in this house about the grace and the favor of God. 
breaking through is not about what you have done or will do. It's about what's already been done for you. It's about receiving and it's about beginning to just step into it. Even when you feel unworthy, even when you feel like you don't deserve it, you step. In fact, the Bible says one of the only places to run is you either flee from sin and you run boldly into the throne room of grace. That is where the Bible tells us to run. And I want to tell you this morning, there is nothing you've done that could separate you from the love and the grace and the favor of God. Jesus Christ paid the price, and you may not know that yet, but this morning on the edge of Christmas, you get the best gift ever given to you, the gift of the gospel that tells you you are saved by grace, not by works. Amen. Do I hear a good amen about that? A second thought I have on this woman is that a breakthrough, a breakthrough, your breakthrough brings heaven to your earth. Breaking through, what I really see breakthrough as is less nearly about where we're going and more about what is coming on us and happening through us. That heaven would have an opportunity as God looks to and fro across this school hall today. And the Word of God says that His eyes are looking to and fro for hearts that are leaning in our hearts, that are hungry for more of heaven to carry more of heaven and to bring it to the earth where God has sent you, to bring it to your high school, to bring it to your universities, to bring it to your neighborhood gates, to bring it to that neighbor that annoys you and bring heaven to your earth. The scripture says, Mary was thoroughly shaken, wondering what was behind a greeting like this. And then the angel assured her, Mary, you've got nothing to fear. God has a surprise for you. (laughs) You will become pregnant and give birth to a son. You'll call his name Jesus. He'll be called the son of the highest. The Lord will give him eternal rule and there'll be no end to his kingdom. What we are walking out is more of that prophetic word. We are part of the story that there is no end to his kingdom. It doesn't end. It didn't end when Jesus left the earth because he said, tag your it. I'm going to the Father. I'm going to prepare a home for all of humanity. And guess what? Tag your it. Now you get to do greater than what I did on earth because I'm leaving you. With Holy Spirit, the third part of the Trinity that we sung about today, and greater works will you do than I even did on earth. Heaven invades earth through people, through you and I, hearing, responding, stepping out when we believe the Spirit is nudging us to step out and make a difference in someone's life and love them in a way that surprises people because it's not normal 
That is heaven on earth right there, what we just celebrated in that video. You being prompted to buy, you being prompted to stretch, you being prompted to donate. Heaven on earth is not just when the bags were delivered to that home and will be delivered in gifts to those um, children, those youth all across this city. That's not only where heaven invaded earth. Heaven invaded earth when you were prompted. Heaven invaded earth when you responded. Heaven invades earth every time we actually say, God, you can use me to bring heaven to earth. I love that. Mary, you've got nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. I think so often we fear stepping out. And we fear it because of what it's going to come across like, how it's going to get misunderstood. And I've found in these last few years, people are more open, people are more receptive, people are more hungry to know that there's a God in heaven that loves them than I ever imagined. But I had to step out and break through comfort zones that I would actually press into those places and offer heaven to my world's earth. Breakthrough number three requires faith. Mary said to the angel, how? And sorry, kids, this is not a sex education class this morning. Not kids, you are youth. You hear all this in the playground. But today is true, let's be honest, right? <laughs> Just don't call it truth in the playground. Go back to your family, go back to the house of God and get the truth. But here, Mary says how? Practically, this is how babies are meant to happen. And I have not. I'm a virgin. And I want to just throw some context into this. She wasn't just engaged to Joseph. She was, the word is betrothed. And betrothed had with it so much more um, pressure to be pure. And it had with it a cultural expectation and a, um, a, it was a family dynamic. A family is probably chosen, um, Mary for Joseph. And now the family is making preparations for the wedding. It's very similar to what the Gospels um, teach where Jesus says, I'm now going to go to the Father. I'm going to get a home wedding, um, ready. And all this kind of wedding, this Jewish wedding custom of the day um, really was just a taste of what Jesus would talk about he's going to do with our eternal father and he says wait for me I'll come back be ready and this is exactly where Mary and Joseph were they were in the waiting they were waiting to get married and she was betrothed to Joseph and so this moment where she literally has to say how is this possible it actually reminds me so often of promises that come from the Scripture. When we open up our Bible, I left it in my um, bag, but all my Scripture is here. It could be on your phone. And what happens is we open the Word of God, even if you've never understood what the Bible is, do not see it as an irrelevant book of history or an irrelevant religious kind of icon, but actually begin to open it up and see it as a love letter from heaven, an invitation to a different way of thinking and believing and experiencing life. And when you open it up, the Word of God says what happens is a promise literally births something inside of you. 
It's like a seed. It's like a seed that comes right into your spirit. And so what happens when promise is like, it it can feel like a tease for a little while. Would you agree? Sometimes there's promises from the scripture that you're holding on to. You might have believed for them this year. You might have said, by the end of 2019, I believe this is going to happen over my life. And and there's there's this whole situation that happens when promise comes into our spirit. And it's what we do. It's what humans do. And humans often say, how? 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 Here's the promise, now tell me how. Here's the promise, now give me step by step of how this is going to happen in my life. We were called to um, another nation. We were um, given a word, Montreal, Quebec. And I'm telling you, there was lots of how questions when that promise came to us. And still, let me be honest, five years on, I'm still asking how. (laughs) Maybe I ask it a little bit more in winter. How come? (laughs) How? How, God, is this possible? How is it going to happen? How is my marriage that you've promised will turn around? How is it going to happen? How am I going to provide for my family? How am I going to find peace? How am I going to get out of that depression? How am I going to get my breakthrough? We often in our humanness respond with how. And I am not convinced how is the right word when promise comes. Because I think it takes us too pragmatic. I think too quickly we drill down into details when God needs us to just stay in the realm of supernatural, where God needs us to stay in a realm of faith, where we are not looking at our situations with eyes of natural, but we are beginning to look with eyes of the Spirit to see things that we can't see because if we stay in how, it gets us too into the natural. And I believe we have a gospel that can teach a lost and broken and hopeless world how to stop thinking how. And to just start hovering above it. You know, the word of God, it says in the beginning of time in Genesis, it says around creation that the spirit hovered, hovered over a black, a, a black hole, a black whatever you want to call it, over nothingness. And the word was spoken and things came to life. I don't know if you should start writing in your journal strategies when you get a promise. I think you should just keep declaring the promise. You can't declare all the specifics, but you can declare promise. You can declare, you you called me God. You promised me this. My daughters shall be pillars in the house of God. I don't know how when they're being teenagers, they're going to be pillars in the house of God. I love our teenage world that we are in, but sometimes I'm like, how? How is this going to happen? Because they are hurting and they are living a very real everyday life. And I wonder how they're going to get through it. But I don't need to know how. I just need to know who And I just need to know what to declare. How? It requires faith. 
How am I going to have enough time? How will I find the energy? All the questions we're asking at this time of year. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So you will bring to birth a child and his name will be Holy. Let me pause on that word for those of you that don't understand holy. Holy means set apart. Holy just means different than you. Holy just means different than the way you normally live life. It means to be set above. It means to be set in like a supernatural realm and an eternal kind of realm. God is holy. He is set apart. He is who you're not until Jesus Christ comes into your life. And then he declares you holy and set apart as well. But this whole sense that God is set apart, that is the revelation you want as you look at your circumstance. You want to get out from it and start looking above it again. You want to stop just thinking about how to figure this out and crunch those numbers. And once in a while, when you genuinely don't know how you could afford to give, do it anyway and watch God do the how. When you feel like you've got nothing to spare and no margin left, give that time first to Jesus and watch how He redeems the rest of your day. When nothing inside of you wants to forgive in that relationship because you have nothing in the natural to do it, you call on the holiness, the set apart, the supernatural element of God and you say, I can't do it, but I will declare that I forgive you and I forgive you 70 over 70 over 70 times and I'll say it again and again and again and I will bless those that hurt me and when you start to live in that realm how takes care of itself genuinely breakthrough happens when you don't strategize it and you begin to live differently do you agree with that have you seen that happen in some of your lives I know constantly he's bigger, he's set apart, and that same holy God is hovering with word that is going to become truth in you that will change you, change you so that you can carry the Savior of the world to those who need him. Amen. Fourth thought this morning. When a breakthrough is promised, a response is required. So although we don't strive, and although we don't ask how, there is a response required to promise. There is a response required to living a life that glorifies Jesus and actually ushers breakthrough into people's worlds. And here... Um, I love the conversation. It goes on in this scripture in Luke and it says, did you know, it's like as soon as this how conversation happens and the angel realized Mary is still like, I don't get it, I don't get it, I don't get it, but whatever, but I don't get it, but yes, but I don't get it, right? Do we do that often? Yes, okay, but I don't get it. I don't even believe it, but yes. And then so the angel says, you know what you need? You need to see someone else's miracle. I need to actually show you what God has done in someone else's life so that you can start to say, if he can do it for them, he can do it for me. 
And so he says, let me tell you about Elizabeth, your cousin. Well, she was barren. She too couldn't have children. It was impossible for her to have a child. And she is now six months pregnant. And she was pregnant with who would become John the Baptist, who would usher in the way of Jesus. And so the angel says, you know what? You're asking how. Let me just show you someone else who I've done this for. Let me show you someone else whose God's promises are yes and amen and are coming true. And you need to see them. And so he tells Mary about her cousin Elizabeth. And then it says, everyone, the angel said, everyone called her barren and now she's six months pregnant. You see, nothing is impossible with God. I actually want to pause for a second. I actually want to declare over those wombs in this room, those women, those men that are actually believing in the context of God blessing your marriage, that you would give birth, that you would become pregnant. I just want to pause for a moment and promise you very specifically that nothing is impossible with God, that this is your scripture for this season. This is the one you take, and this is the one you stand on, and this is the one that you believe. You do everything in the natural you need to do, but I'm telling you the promises of God are yes and amen. But here, nothing is impossible with God. You know what I love doing is where the comma is if it comes up. I don't know if the scriptures are up here, but it says nothing is impossible with God. Nothing you see is impossible with God. I just want to highlight for one moment that word nothing. See, God never does nothing. It's always something. Always. Like nothing, to do nothing is impossible for God. I think the challenge for us is we want the breakthrough in a box. And we want the breakthrough in a certain way. I've been genuinely teaching our church right now. Quebec is very, very distrusting of um, leadership, distrusting of maybe the Catholic church. And let's be honest, like even the word tithe in this room and guests that are in this room, they think, oh, like she's just going to talk about money again. Like, honestly, (laughs) that's not our heart at all. But what I've started to teach our people is people expect when we give that God will just kind of give the same amount back. And God can do miracles in any way when you offer him something, in any way. He can't do nothing once you offer him something. But what I've been teaching our people that often happen just in my genuine faith journey around giving is I wasn't seeing extra money coming in. I was just opening my eyes to miracles that were happening as I gave. And it wasn't always what came in. Genuinely, it was like savings that I was getting or like a a totally different out-of-the-box way that God was providing for me. Because I think the problem is we get disappointed with God when we say, well, we'll do this and I expect the breakthrough to happen this way. But when you actually just so we'll do what you've told us, because a response is required in any way, shape, or form, but then I'll trust you with how you're going to open those windows of heaven. And what I will be responsible for is just opening my eyes to see with awe and wonder new ways of breakthrough. Amen? So often it's not in like the way you think. 
But here's my question to you. What do you do when you hear of someone else's breakthrough? So like if God today wanted to encourage you with a praise report or someone's testimony out there as we're connecting, or you scroll Instagram, or you're seeing and celebrating your pastors as they get their first home and they dig roots into the nation's capital for the longevity of where God has called them, land is really important for a believer to possess over time. But I wonder if for some of us, for me, my teenagers are watching their story and we are like, God's blessed us, but the dream's always been to build, right? And I watched my girls and I was teaching them over Pastor Julie and Caleb's story and they were like, we'll never do that. You know, like all that lack, all that, that'll never happen for us. And I was teaching them what it means to celebrate, And when I got a text message about coming today and just being part of that miracle story to release just this window of time, I'm like, yes, yes, because I want to sow into the miracle because if God can do it for them, I believe he can do it for all of us in some way, but you got to celebrate it because if you start to think scarcity and that life is a pie and because they got it or they got a breakthrough, there's no more for you, then all of a sudden you start to shrink and all of a sudden you start to get really, really cynical and all of a sudden you stop celebrating the miracles that are happening all around you. When I couldn't get pregnant, when I genuinely found it difficult for years and years and my best friends all around me were getting pregnant and the day one of my best friends, I found out from someone else she was pregnant and I said, why didn't you tell me? And she said, I was just so afraid it would upset you. And I determined that day I refuse to be that girl that would not celebrate a miracle for someone else just because I didn't have mine yet. And it does not happen easily, friend. And I'm telling you right now, over this season of your life, why don't you begin to celebrate breakthrough? Or maybe if you're doing it, do not grow weary of continuing to do it. Amen? What do you celebrate? Because we are responsible first for our response. And so Mary said this when the angel said, don't forget Elizabeth. Mary said, I see it now. It's like her eyes open. I get what you're doing in me because I see it in another person. And she said, I see it now. I'm ready to serve. Let it be with me just as you save. As you say, when you start to say, whatever way you want, God, whatever way, I am ready to be used by you. I am ready to serve. I am ready for that miracle to now have a motivation that it's not just about me, it's about others as well. And when that breakthrough happens in your understanding that your breakthrough is not just for you, it's also for others, I believe a receptivity happens inside of you that attracts the blessing of God and attracts the favor of God. Another thought, we're good for time. The breakthrough in your life will always be stirred 
around others' breakthrough. So this is why the angel didn't just tell Mary about Elizabeth. Mary went to Elizabeth. And so when the angel was talking to Mary about birthing the Savior of the world, she went, when the angel Gabriel left, the scriptures say up here that she went and spent time with Elizabeth. And so this is what the scriptures say happened. When they came to one another and they greeted one another, it says the baby in her spirit, in her womb, leapt when it heard this, like connected with the spirit of the baby in Elizabeth's womb. I believe in this room. I believe in your community. I believe in your small groups. I believe in your youth ministry. I believe in what's happening with our children out there. What happens is the breakthrough that's being birthed in here, the hope, the promise, the dreams, the the God ideas that are kind of getting growing inside of you, when they connect with another like spirit, something inside of each of you leaps. Something inside of each of you leaps and you can't do that when you are alone. You can't do that when you isolate yourself because you haven't got your breakthrough. And you've showed up today. You're incredible. You've showed up and you keep showing up and this church is showing up in new and fresh ways and inspiring the nation. But I'm telling you, you need a few people that are in your corner, that are championing what is going on in your life, that is championing even when you don't yet have what you're believing for. They are pouring faith in. There is enough negativity in the world. There is enough hopelessness. There is enough reasons why not. You need to be around people that are going to like spirit inside of you. Go, yes, in Jesus' name you can. I love that. Blessed, blessed. I pray that you would bless one another. You would speak words of life over one another. Stewarding breakthrough means you've got to be around people that will recognize what you're carrying, what's in you, what you have on your life for God to use you with and celebrate and champion that. Don't be around cynical, negative glass half full, scarcity mindset people that just get insecure when you start to dream big. Like move away from them. You can love them from a distance, but put a gate that says, yes, I'll let you in for that. No, I won't let you in for that. And sometimes they can be the most well-meaning people on the planet, but they just limit the way you are believing for breakthrough. So recognize it. Okay. Okay, the team can come. Breakthrough always fulfills prophecy. These are just thoughts for you as you cross the threshold and break through into a brand new decade. I want to say over you and whether you understand it or not, The heavens had been shut from a promise of God coming in the form of a Savior and Messiah for hundreds of years. The people of God had heard what we know now as the Old Testament. 
He was a speaking God. He spoke through prophets. He spoke through kings. He, he spoke through promises. And then for hundreds of years, the people of God roamed the planet with silence from heaven. And so when this promise came in Luke to Mary, you've got to understand it wasn't just for her. It was for a human race that was longing to know when their Messiah would show up. And it took these, these wise men, people that were kind of set apart to discern the times and to discern what the Spirit of the Lord was saying. It took wise men to go, He's coming. The signs and the times and the days say He's coming. They say He's coming. We need to go to where the Scriptures would promise that prophecy is going to happen so we could watch it with our very eyes. You, know, you may not realise, friend, but you are walking the earth, your world, carrying a promise that humans don't even know they are looking for. That your neighbour... And your colleague, and maybe some of you in this room today, you didn't even know till you set foot into this place and got a handshake from someone that should not be friendly in minus something degrees out there. And your cynicism might call it hype and fake, but truly what that is, is a different spirit on a person that wants to create an environment just for you, that you would come in and experience in another human being and in the presence of God in worship and in the teaching of the Word, you would experience salvation. You would taste of heaven into your earth in the form of Jesus Christ. He has a name. And His name shall be called Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Counselor, like Prince of Peace. His name is Jesus. And all of the earth was waiting for Him to show up. But I don't think it's any different thousands of years later. I still think we have a watching world waiting for someone to reveal to them Jesus. And every time you and I be Jesus, show Jesus, reveal Jesus, live differently, often not even use words in the process, we are fulfilling prophecy. We are carrying that same promise into these generations to come. And what an honour and what a privilege. And now in this Advent season, we not just carry promise for breakthrough in our life, but we believe the Gospels that Jesus Christ said, not only would He walk the earth, not only would He die a death on the cross for your and my sin, that we would no longer have to live separate from God in heaven. But He said He would come back again. And He would come back again for a human race that has called on the name of Jesus. And we would live for eternity in the presence of God. That's what Advent is. There is a coming again, a returning of Jesus. And that's not to fear. That's to have an expectation that this thing doesn't end when your life ends. It just begins. 
And that's the promise and that's the prophetic hope we have for our future. And I want to end by just saying your breakthrough and my breakthrough I'm sensing right now is going to look very different than how we envisioned. The people of the day wanted Jesus, wanted their Messiah to kind of um, win a war. They were oppressed by the Romans. This whole journey that um, Mary and Joseph had to take, the cost she had to count for carrying the Saviour of the world, she actually could have, um, context says, she could have told Joseph what happened. He could have easily not believed her. He could have thought she'd gone off with some other man and actually he had permission to get her um, killed stoned to death for what he said for what she said happened because he would also call it a lie so it's not just adultery it's then a lie and so when she's telling Joseph I'm pregnant I am pregnant supernaturally with the Savior of the world Joseph had to be moved by God to believe it because now Joseph had to cover her in their community so the cost was great breakthrough is not just all like oh how amazing Breakthrough is like, will I count the cost for the breakthrough that I'm believing for? Will I actually think about it before it comes? Will all my prayers that I want and all the breakthrough I want, will I be willing to count the cost when it starts to come my way? And when it doesn't look the way you thought breakthrough would look, are you going to continue to believe God? Are you going to continue to believe for breakthrough over your life, even when it doesn't look like it? And here, they didn't believe that Jesus, their Saviour, would have to be born in a manger, not even an inn, in a manger. They, uh, they didn't even believe that's how their Saviour, their radical warrior, like army God kind of Saviour was going to have to be birthed. And they wanted a revolution. They wanted Him to win a war. They didn't want Him to go to a cross. They didn't want Him to be human. They didn't want Him to walk the earth in humility and love. And they didn't want Him to say, forgive your enemies. They didn't want that kind of victory. They wanted it their way. And so then Jesus literally, He calls people that are going to recognise His way is not the way of the world. And this morning I believe as we close out this service, there are people in this room and you think you've wanted breakthrough a certain way. But I'm asking you this morning, before we even give people a chance to say yes to Jesus, I'm asking you, would you actually trust God to let breakthrough be His way? Would you trust Him? If you would, would you put your hands up? We can praise Him, but I'm telling you right now, just surrender to the way of God the way of Jesus, His way. It's higher than our way. And today, over our lives, over these young people, over these incredible teenagers, over these families, over those right now in singleness and desperate and lonely, and those that are believing for breakthrough in their healing, in their minds, in their hearts, 
in their finances, God. I pray that You would do what only You can do and that we would be trustworthy of breakthrough and trustworthy of the process. And then, God, we would carry Jesus into our world in a way that is different than what we might have expected, but we say yes again. Like Mary, we say yes again in Jesus' Name. Have Your way. Have Your way, Jesus. And you can keep your We hope this message blessed and encouraged you. To find out more about our church, visit mychurchcanada.com.